This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Basically. I'm your host Stephanie Preisner and with me in studio today is the legend that you may not have heard of but you will after this. Fionn Woodhouse, my dear friend. How are you doing, Fionn? I'm very good, Steph. How are you? It's good to be recording in Cork. Weird. But, uh, you know, it's I'm not into change, but I'm glad that you're here. Welcome home. Welcome home, <laughs> he said with his hands out. Um, so there's something that I get asked about a lot. And um, I get a lot of DMs from mothers, generally, saying, my child has no friends. And they hate school and they don't get on with people and people aren't kind to them or they have no interest in playing with other people and I'm really worried about them and I wish that they had friends. And what I always say to these people and I feel like I'm fobbing them off is find your nearest youth theatre and send them there. And you and I have worked in theatre for a long time and I wanted to talk today about theatre as a form of social inclusion. Okay, yeah, great. Well, do send them to us. Uh, I work with a number of different youth theatres and have been involved in youth theatre and with Youth Theatre Ireland for a long time. So definitely, I think that uh, for young people who are looking for places to connect, places to explore who they are or what they might be, Youth Theatre is a great place for them to go and, and meet new, different people and meet people who are willing to play in different ways or be facilitated by adults into figuring out what, you know, how you can, uh, you know, different ways of of playing with what the world might be. Practice for life. Uh, A lot of it is around practice for life. And I think it's really important. But, you know, sometimes parents come back and say, oh, but they don't like drama and they don't like, you know, they don't want to act. I'm like, yeah, but it's not for me. Like I went to youth theatre when I was 15. Didn't have particularly very many friends in school, some, but not a lot, because I didn't like the things that my friends liked. I didn't, wasn't into Boyzone, wasn't into Westlife, didn't like music concerts, wasn't particularly into boys at that time. My friends were starting to like individuate and trying to become cool and they were into hair and makeup. I was into none of that. And I went to youth theatre and like, if I'm being very frank, it was a collection of people who were just as kind of off the, off the wall as I was, like... I met my first lesbian person there. I Like there were people of, like even before, you know, being gender fluid was a thing. They were there. People who hated sports were, and then there were also people who were very serious about being actors and were there for sort of vocational actor training. But it was just such an incredible mix of people who were so inclusive because, I don't know, I guess because you're there to play other people as well and to kind of, I don't know, they just didn't seem to have that judgmental competitive edge that you get in school and some other groups. Yeah, and I think with youth theatre and with theatre in general, you're you're getting to play roles of other people when you're at that point in your life when you're trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. So if you don't know who you are and you're not sure and there are all these other people and, and, and like you say, your friend group is maybe setting in a particular way and you're saying individuate, but actually they're becoming more similar maybe as a group and you're saying, well, actually, I don't fit into that role that there is there that I want to do this or do that. So then you theatre is a place where you can go and see or theatre in general is a place where you can go and see what are all these different roles that people can be and how can we play with them. But then I think also the other thing that you theatre does really well or playing in theatre in general does really well is it allows people to find their own voice. So yes, you get to try out other voices and yes, you get to go and play different characters. Maybe you devise something or read a script from 
now or from 100 years ago or Shakespeare's time. But you also get to, to, to find out what it is like to, to have your own voice and have an opinion about things, which I'm sure happens in other circumstances. I'm not a sporty person. So, yeah, it doesn't so, really, though. So, but, but it really is an opportunity where, you know, you get these chances to go, OK, this is what I think about this or this is how I think that this uh, character might be voiced. And, you know, uh, if you have a good youth theatre practice, people go, yeah, OK, well, that's what you think. So let's go with that rather than going, well, no, or, or, or there's an opportunity to go, well, let's try it other ways. And what are the other different ways that we might voice this character? And then from that, people to get to play and go, OK, well, these these are the kind of people I could, this is the kind of thing I could be interested in. And maybe experience things they'd never, you know, get mm-hmm. into sports. <laughs> I've heard of people getting into sports through through youth theatre because they just hadn't thought about what that might be like. So there's lots of opportunities to go and do different things. And similar to yourself, I, I, I was brought when I was 12 by my mother. Go on, off you go, go and join in. I had no idea what it was or what I was getting into. But just love this opportunity to first play with Oklahoma, to be an American cowboy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and sing about my wife when I was 12. But, yeah. but you know, but that those are really big experiences to go, oh, wow, there's this whole other world out there and these other people. And, and there's a bit of pressure to perform and do something and stand up, but... But in a positive way and in a way where you're nurtured into doing that. And that's a skill for for everyone under all circumstances. The other skills as well, like showing up on time, learning your lines, not letting down your other cast members, not ruining a scene by being selfish. Like there are so many skills that you learn in theatre that are applicable Mm -hmm. to life in general. In terms of social inclusion, what have you seen? You've been kind of facilitating youth theatre and involved in it a lot longer than I have. Um, in terms of people who have potentially different abilities, different needs, um, different levels of language skills, cognition, physical ability, is that all possible within the youth theatre? Yes, absolutely. And inclusion is becoming, across society, a much more important thing. I think possibly youth theatre in its nature was open to it earlier, but it's becoming a much more marked thing in terms of, okay, how can we be more exclusive? And particularly... Inclusive. inclusive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Freudian there. Uh, How can we be more inclusive? Um, Particularly in terms of how buildings are built. So making sure that you have access to facilities and things like that, where that maybe wouldn't have been thought of before. I know the youth theatre that I first went to was up a set of steps. So um, yeah. that was, but that was a long time ago. Whereas now we are looking at buildings and going, okay, how how is how can this building be more accessible straight away? So there is definitely um, uh, much more of an openness uh, and and it is much easier to think about. And and for people to, I'm going around in circles now, for people to feel like, okay, this is this is something I can try out in these circumstances where it's role play and pretend, but we're figuring out what is possible, you know, and it's okay to get it wrong and for, okay, well, actually someone in a wheelchair can't do that. So let's figure out how, what we can do in there. So there's lots of uh, potential for bringing people in and figuring out what it is possible to do with a group of people together of various mixed abilities. And I would say that youth theatre is about developing the personal, social and artistic skills of young people. So yes, of course, they're learning theatre and drama skills and they're learning how to perform, but they're also learning how to work as a group uh, in terms of socially and also learning what they're able for, what is the best of their abilities. And those are all going to be different things. So with a group, you're going to have a really mixed set of what each person's personal best is. 
So bring them together and go, okay, well, well, maybe we give you this part because you feel like you're able for it and this part, that's what you feel like you're able for. Well, let's sit you in there and see. And then over a year or two, they go, they're able for a bit more and they develop a bit more. So pushing mm-hmm. a little bit, but then increasing what is possible for everyone and offering them a little bit more as time goes by. And that, and they're allowed to do that in a safe space. So they practice what it's like to be the boss or to mm-hmm. give out or to hear someone tell them that they're wrong and that they're not doing the right thing in this safe space where we're acting. And then they go out and they take that learning out into the real world and they see these situations and they see outcomes of situations. And we talk about what the different outcomes might be um, in in what you would say would be a, a, a even a safe space, but a brave comfort. space where you could. It's a comfort zone for sure, yeah. that, but you do get gently pushed out of it. And one of the like one of my proudest moments was, you know, this this kid that we had early on um, and, you know, she she didn't really want to share like she didn't want. We do improvisation games, so we'd all stand in a circle. That's how it all starts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you see, we'd be playing a theater game where you had to say, you know, jump in and say what you had for breakfast. And then other people would act out that, you know, so they'd be mm-hmm. the Cocoa Pops. And she wouldn't really say anything or she'd mutter it. And we wouldn't, you know, we're not going to zone in on that. We just move on very slowly. And then it came to like script time and maybe she had two lines in the show and she didn't really want to say them. But then, so she said them, then we did the show. She was so proud of herself. Then the following year, like she's getting, you know, she's auditioning for a bigger role because she wants to take that on. Just being able to see people growing and the, I guess the embarrassment, because as a teenager, you wrap yourself up with all of these rules of like I don't want people to think that I'm this and I don't want people to think that I'm this and I don't want them to think that I'm weird and I want to be cool so you become sort of really apathetic to the world and everything you're just too cool for everything and seeing all of that fall apart within the youth theatre was just and even for myself as a teenager like seeing it happen to me was really really incredible Um, I think there's often a sense that in that youth theatre, people, if you don't know what a youth theatre is, they think that it's a stage school. And stage schools are often, by their nature, they are much more business focused and they are for profit. And they, because they are for profit, they have to show that they are a good business model and that they create good performance artists. And so the best kids are pushed to the front and the other kids stand at the back and hold a shovel or whatever the thing is. And that can be quite you know, dehumanising at worst and sort of embarrassing at best. How does youth theatre differ, differ from stage schools? And is my perception of stage schools completely wrong? Yeah, I, I, I have never been in a stage school. I've never taken part in a stage school's process, so I can't really talk to that. Um, and I don't think that all stage schools are like that. Mm-hmm. Anecdotally, I would say that I, I would have heard that there are stage schools that are very much well, like you have the big part. And, but then there are youth theatres that are like that as well. So so um, I think that there is, a, a, in, in certain circumstances, a hunt for the best talent uh, and this pushing of the artistic talent rather than what I would say, come back to this, of the, 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 the personal and social development of the person as a whole. Um, so I would say that... For us in youth theatre, those three strands are equally important. Yes, you really put want to put on a really good show and you want it to be the best that it can possibly be. But you also want to make sure that everyone feels happy and safe in doing that. And that's a really important facet of it. Um, and you want to feel that everyone, you want everyone to feel as included and that they're each performing to the best of their ability. 
regardless of if they're in the line at the back or have the big bit out the front. As you kind of described about this young person who, who over a number of years felt like they could do a little bit more and a little bit more. So um, I wouldn't do downstage schools because I think every opportunity that anyone has to get up and learn the theatre skills are good things. I would say that in the ethos of youth theatre, the whole development of the person is 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 the focus of the work um and and often the notion of a stage school is to is to hone the theater craft um and as part of that those other things can be developed but the actual craft of acting and as you say going on to the best uh musical school in london or going on to to be you know this famous actor is the most important thing whereas for us the skills that you use in theatre are skills you use across your whole life um, and acknowledging and saying, well, that's a really important thing you've learned or you've learned to be critical of uh, of the way something is happening or to be able to give your voice about what's, what something's happening. And often with youth theatre, not all the time, but often we would do device shows. So the young people are making up their own show about an issue that is interesting to them. Um, for sure, you know, there can be written shows that are about subjects that are interesting to young people. But but if you have a group of young people who this is something that's interesting to us, is something that we really want to talk about, and they're going to make a play up about that. And it's their words they're saying, and it's about something that is interesting to them. And then they go and perform that to their peers and their family and their friends. And, and they feel like, wow, we've said something in the world here now. And they have, you know, they have said something in the world. But that can be a really useful thing to you know, for mm-hmm. them to have as a skill. Stage schools do do that as well, but not as much. It wouldn't be, you know, normally yeah. it's, uh, you know, Scripted. everyone up on stage and will, you know. Here's the line, King. And, and, you know. I'm being disparaging, yeah. you're not. Um, <laughs> There's value in that as well, but that's not what youth theatre offers. Um, I know, but I'm thinking about the child who doesn't have any friends, you know, finds it hard to talk to people, is probably judged by their peer group, you know, a lot of people since I disclosed my diagnosis of autism, they're saying, you know, my child is autistic and they find it hard to do this, this, this and this. I feel like a stage school nearly exacerbates that. But I'm probably wrong and it's just from my own experience. Um, But on the devised shows, I devised with you and, you know, alongside you several shows with the young people. It's phenomenal, the honesty that comes out of it. Very often they're about... Big, big issues close to them. Suicide, bullying, um, not feeling like they fit in, uh, teen pregnancy relationships. You know, the the gamut of what is going through these kids' minds is, you know, it, it's so full. And it's sometimes you feel like you're doing really important work because you're helping these teenagers to process something that obviously feels too big for them to do in their own heads and is too big to do in their own heads. But the honesty and the bravery that comes with making a theatre production out of that. I think that's some really important work. And acknowledging the value in their voice, that, mm-hmm. that when they say something, that it's important and and that other people have a similar experience and that they're, you know people can acknowledge that. And often uh, Youth Theatre Ireland, which is the national organisation for youth theatre, um, have a facility called Playshare. So if a group of young people in Ireland in youth theatre devise a play, then it can go into, it can be written up as a text, it can go into Playshare and then it can be shared with other youth theatres across Ireland or across the world. And I think that's a really lovely thing that you might come back to a group and go, oh, 
you know, there's a there's a you know group from Cork, rural Cork somewhere. Oh, there's a group in in Mayo that's performing your show because they re- it resonates for them. So these are things that young people talk about that resonate with other groups of young people, and they go, oh, we have that similar experience. Five years later, in a different county, mm-hmm. and that makes a group of young people go, oh wow, wow, we really, you know, you know, we've we've made something here that's going out into the world. So I think that's really nice, a, a really nice experience for them as well. But also it gives young people's voice value, um, which I think is a really important thing to to do. Just taking a quick break to tell you about our sponsor, Rockwell Financial. Rockwell Wealth Management are amazing at extracting wealth from your business in a tax-efficient way. Whether it's pensions, protection, investment, exit strategies, succession planning, anything like that, they are the ones to go to. They have a free one-to-one consultation for Basically listeners. So ring them up, tell them you listen to Basically and they will give you that offer of a free consultation. Rockwell Wealth Management, go for it. We all know neck and back pain can be so debilitating. The good news is the vast majority of spinal problems can be treated successfully by regaining movement, flexibility and strength. Whether you have an existing condition or a recent injury, Matter Private has centres of excellence for spinal care in Dublin, Cork and Limerick to provide you with comprehensive diagnosis, treatment, surgery and rehabilitation. With daily clinics in five locations, it means you can access the expert spine care that you need without having far to travel, no matter where you live. Making the right move is important. And when you have neck or back pain, you want to be treated by Ireland's leading spine experts. You want a team who can look after everything spinal from the straightforward to the most complex conditions. For everything spinal, visit matterprivate.ie to find out more. Hi, I'm comedian Grace Mulvey. And I'm Connor Dowling. We host the comedy podcast Fad Camp. All about the craziness of fad diets and diet culture. We discuss diets we have done ourselves, which, disclaimer, is every single one of them. And none of them work. None of them work. We also talk about different aspects of diet culture, such as the diets of the Marvel Universe. How do those superheroes get those beautiful pecs? I mean, I think it might actually be Star. <coughs> I mean... <coughs> Something I caught in your throat there, Connor. Yeah, sorry. We also talk about the revolutionary weight loss drug, Ozempic, which apparently all the celebs are on. Is the 10,000 Steps based in science or a marketing claim? Marketing. It's a marketing claim. Definitely marketing. Also, you can listen to Fad Camp wherever you find your podcast. So that could be Spotify, Google Podcasts, Grindr, who knows. We also have brilliant bonus content that you can listen to on Headstuff Plus. When you talk about Youth Theatre Ireland, maybe some people have no idea what it is. And they're thinking like, how, what is the business model? Like, what is the model here? Is it like scouts? Is it like, you know, brownies or froiga? Like, how often do these kids meet? What do they do? Is it an all year round thing? Is it a summer thing? Can you just give a bit of detail on the organisation? Yeah, so so Youth Theatre Ireland is the national organisation for youth theatres across uh, the Republic. Um, there are, I, I haven't checked my numbers coming into this off the top of head of it, there's about 60 youth theatres across Ireland um, with roughly 6,000 members per week um, coming and taking part uh, in youth theatre activities um, during term time, I would say. Um, and then um, Youth Theatre Ireland uh, organises for um, things like welfare and all those kind of things and governance and they help support youth theatres in getting set up. Um, youth theatres maybe there's lots of different forms of youth theatres. They can be attached to a, a theatre company. They can be attached to a county city council. They can be independently run. They can be uh, loads of different ways that they can come about. But Youth Theatre Ireland would support them in in setting up the structure and advising them and training people who are going to work with them um, and would do things uh, like run a national festival for Youth Theatre 
theatres, so free theatres to come together from across the country uh, and share work and learn together. And then also they put on the National Youth Theatre, which takes place in the Abbey Theatre in Dublin every two years. Um, so members from those 6,000 kids can audition. Yeah. And then they choose some of them and they go onto the Abbey stage and do one production a year. Yeah, every two years. Every two years. Every two years. They run every two years. And also there's people who would take part in the performance part of it and act in it. So there's whatever, 12 or 16 or something actors. But then also there's a tech team. So there's four or five people who'd be chosen as a tech team who would work uh, as interns, but come and get to see what it's like to work backstage in the Abbey Theatre. So I think that's the other thing that's really interesting about Youth Theatre is, yes, we want to encourage people to get up to perform, but also... Yeah, we we've want had members to... who are, don't want to perform, but they've, yeah. you know, they've learned how to do lighting design, sound design. So if they're techie, I forgot about that actually, yeah. Yeah, all those things are open to them and and interesting to them and stage management and members coming back after they've left to come and direct another show. So that you're learning those skills and then passing those skills on to the next. So that you said nothing like scouts, but in some ways that is like scouts in that young people will come up to the organisation and then end up being in charge or leading. Yeah. Uh, I was an ex-youth theatre member and now I'm in charge of youth theatres. And then in the youth theatre, youth theatres that I work with, both of them have youth, young members who have come up and are now in their 20s or 30s and are working with youth theatre again. So it does replenish itself. And it is a lot of time about giving back to a group of young people because you had such a good experience of it yourself. And how often do you, does do your th- youth theatres meet? Weekly. We would meet weekly during term time. We break for the summer, um, but other youth theatres don't. They might have summer programmes on and things like that. Um, but yeah, you meet on a weekly basis, two hours a week. Um, and then much more when you're coming up to a show because oh, you yeah. have a show and you you have to rehearse it. Um, and, and that's, you know, young people will say it was the rehearsal experience, the hanging out together for intense periods of time. But like, the parents yeah. tend to, they're like, but we have plans to go away this weekend. And the, I'm like, well, you're not going away because I need your child for four hours of rehearsal. Early days, uh, uh, timetabling rehearsal on Mother's Day. Learned, never do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Uh, Holy Thursday as well. That's changed. But <laughs> was Holy Thursday a thing? Holy Thursday I was told not to timetable rehearsal on Holy Thursday, but... That's gone. That's probably gone. Yeah, but Mother's Day is, is a is Mother's a Day is still a standard. You wouldn't you wouldn't rehearsal on, on Mother's Day. Um, and then maybe just to talk as well. You mentioned briefly about theatre for social inclusion and and the wider. So youth theatre is something that I'm particularly interested in and have worked with over a long number of years. But also theatre in schools, uh, for example, Graffiti Theatre Company takes plays into schools for young people um, or has young people to come uh, at, to Graffiti Theatre and and see plays um, that are about particular topics or relevant to particular areas. And, and when you say taking a young person to see a play, you might have an idea of what that might be like. But f- one of my favourite projects from Graffiti was a, a, a baby opera called Showed that was from zero to two-year-olds. Mm-hmm. That was the age range. And it was an opera with a cellist and three opera singers singing on stage. Um, and notionally, it looked like it was about the changing of the seasons. So there was different seasons visible on the stage and there was a parent, two parents and a child, uh, and you moved through the seasons but as you move through the seasons, the parents were visible less and the child was was more front and centre. Mm-hmm. And it was about growing up and it was about this child becoming independent and becoming an adult. But then the parents weren't there anymore at the end. So also there's this theme of, of not of standing on your own, not having your parents anymore. But that's a play for really young children, which I brought my, my uh, nephew to, who was nine months old at the time, and he, he just sat there and watched it for 45 minutes and didn't move, which was 
not his temperament, yeah. um, but engaged and was amazed. And the cellist was the narrator who, through sound, engaged the children and brought them through to the next stage. But they really, they, they were like in awe of it. So so for all ages, uh, an opportunity to engage in the arts is a really important thing. And to experience things uh, and, you know, societally we're becoming much more aware of how different people experience things differently so to offer the arts as a way of experiencing how something how the world might be um, rather than just going from a book or or from out in nature this is this is this is the seasons passing this is people growing up this is you losing your connection with your parents because you're becoming an adult and, and you will at some point lose your connection to, to parents um, but to have that as a as an art form that young people can get involved in Equally, uh, going into schools and bringing projects into schools. Um, there was a project I worked with recently that was funded by the um, Toy Show Fund, um, We Create the World, that was taking a, a Finnegan Cragmire play, which the name of which is not going to come to me now that I want to say it, um, but was about an island community mm-hmm. that had no awareness of there being anyone outside the island. And then the island was sinking, so they had to row the island and come and meet another island. So it was about two different communities from different islands coming together and people discovering the outside world. Um, And we worked with uh, 10 different schools across Cork County uh, and brought them this play. And they listened to an audio version of the play. And then they built uh, individually in 10 different schools a set. So getting young people to envisage what the set might be to communicate what this play is about. So they have to decide what the play is about and through listening to it and talking as a group and feeding back what it's played about. And then how do you visually represent what's important in that Mm -hmm. and put that up on stage? And then one of those sets was built. So of the 10 different plays, one of those sets was built and it was built in graffiti. And then the 10 different groups rehearsed a part of the play and came and got to perform it on that set. So they could choose what they thought was important or uh, there was a particular part that engaged them. But then, you know, in a school context, they were pulling from all different themes in, in the curriculum, but then putting that up on the up on the stage and in their bodies. And exactly as we said earlier on, out of a school of 24, class 24, and not all the boys wanted to get up on stage. Not all yeah. the boys wanted to roll. So there was five of them who didn't and they were the tech team. One of them was like, two of them were lights, two of them were sounds. One of them was stage management. So there's a role for everyone uh, to get involved, but also to start to look at this theme of meeting other people and what that's like and when it works. And in the play, then there's parts when it doesn't work. And, and how do you overcome that? And how do they overcome that? But they were able to talk about that through this other format that allowed them to explore what the problems could be and how they might overcome them and then see that performed on a, then perform that on a stage themselves. And then what I thought was particularly interesting was see other groups and how yeah. other groups approach the same problem. You have the same set. That's a fixed thing. We're in the same world. There's this fixed thing that we're dealing with. But this other group from the same city, you know, less than a mile away, have tackled it totally different, come up with totally different bits. And there's bits that they could see and go, oh, yeah, that, that's interesting. What I, age are these kids? Uh, fourth class. So ten, yeah, ten. That's such yeah. a cool idea. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. So it great, a really good project, and and to the team in graffiti, Julia Lear and all them, brilliant work that they do. Um, but to bring people together and give them this opportunity to 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 make theatre and then see other little bits of theatre for them, made by them, for them in that age range. When you talk about social inclusion, I often have a question around the who the who the voice 
of who the authored voice is and who that's allowed to be. So when you're talking about, um, okay, so it's pretty innocuous with the zero to two year olds and the and the weather. But when we see that we have a lot of societal issues coming up and we want to use theatre as a platform to discuss these things, do you feel that the subject of the issue needs to be the vo- the person who writes it? So if it's a show, let's say, about autism and autistic inclusion, should it be an autistic writer? If it's about immigrants, should it be an immigrant writer? If it's about transgender issues, should it be a trans writer? You know, the question goes on. Because I sometimes find that we want, we have the intention of social inclusion to put something on the stage so people can think about it and open a conversation. But some people are offended when a, a, a voice is given to a group and then some people think, well, they're not like I am the writer and I'm the one who's going to be commissioned. So isn't it better that I'm talking about this? Because if I don't talk about it, they're not going to write a play because nobody's going to commission them to write a play. I, I think that we are moving to a space that is much more inclusive in that way, in allowing uh, people with underrepresented voices to be heard and supporting them to 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 let their voice be heard. And I think that for youth theatres and for the tool of theatre as a social inclusive practice to to allow people to go, oh, okay, that is somewhere where I can speak up and I might be judged, but it's okay to be judged. It's not necessarily a negative thing that you go, yeah, I really like this bit at the start, but that bit at the end didn't really make sense. And 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 why did you say that? And then we can talk about what I meant. So I think that there are very much places in theatre where voices which are less representative are feeling more confident to be heard and to write plays. Um, so I think that there was maybe a time before where people would write a play for a disadvantaged group. Um, and now th- there's this um, for, by, with theatre, for, by, with groups. Um and now maybe it's more looking at that it's happening with a group or by a group that they're writing uh, uh, something about their experiences for themselves. Um, and I, I I don't have a final answer for that mm-hmm. in terms of whether I think one or the other is better. Um, I think that it is really important to hear the inside voice of an experience. Um, but I think also there have been people looking at my experience of something who will give me an insight into what my experience is by looking at my experience because yeah. I can't see that. Um, so, so I think both are useful. Um, it's one claiming that it's better than another is is where you're going to run into people disagreeing. So I think both are useful ways. It's useful for a group of people to go, this is our experience of the world and this is the way that we see it. But it's also useful for people to go, this is these range of different things that I'm seeing in the world. Um, Such a diplomatic answer. Yeah. As ever, you keep me so tempered. <laughs> when Fiona and I used to work together, I'd be going off on one and then he'd be like, hmm, but have you thought about it like this? And then I'd be raging because I hadn't. Um do you still do international exchanges? So when, when I was in youth theatre and when I ran youth theatre with you, we took kids to Belgium, we took them to Germany. Did we take them to Greece or France or somewhere? Um, oh no, it was the Greek and French. We met them in Bel- Belgium. So there was a lot of international exchanges as well. Has COVID killed those or are they back? COVID has killed those. They are still going uh, very much. Um, for me, we haven't done any since, I haven't been involved in any since before COVID. 
also because they take a lot of time and energy and effort to organize and you have to take a group of kids away to another country. Um, um, and all the, yeah, that's just a much more difficult thing to do was definitely impossible over COVID. Um, but it's difficult for me to do in my personal With circumstances, your, yes, my yeah. family and stuff like that now. Um, but, but, um, so much they, fun though. So much fun, hugely fun. And they are still happening again. And there is a push for um, a more uh, organized international network um, of, of youth theatre specifically to have a kind of a, a, um, a more connected uh, international way of youth theatre sharing. Because, you know, youth theatre in other countries is different. Um, so it's finding, OK, this is how we can work together. Um, and there is there is international networks and it's tapping into them and going, OK, what can we go and learn from going and putting on a play in another country? But the young people from when we did do it before, the young people who came back for the, were, were always blown away by it. Equally as much as that they're blown away by going up and staying in Kilkenny for a week um, and meeting people from Donegal who are yeah. it's like another country. <laughs> like another country. <laughs> um, but, but you know, that it's the bringing together young people and, and the learning experience they have from meeting groups of other people uh, who have similar sets of interests to them. Um, so, I haven't been involved anymore, but it is still happening. There are still people like Crooked House uh, in Kildare who are very much still involved in bringing groups of young people from all over uh, the place together. And here in Cork, um, I know that the the hut up in Gronabroja recently took a group to Spain. Now, that was nothing drama related. They were doing an exchange, but those exchanges still happen. And I still think they're very useful. Um, I just haven't been involved in any recently. We should do one soon again. <laughs> Some of the best times I've ever had have been with a group of 12 children that aren't ours just walking around the European capital being like, hmm, what are we doing now? Uh, if people are listening and they think, okay, I want this for myself or I want this for my child or I might want to get involved and become a facilitator, where can they go? Where can they find more information? So the best place would be www.youththeatre.ie, which is the Youth Theatre Island website, and that's national. Um, and they can find out about youth theatres across the country that are in existence. Uh, Tell them Stephanie and Fionn sent you and they'll know exactly who yeah. you're talking about. Um, and so there, but there is, there's youth theatres in all cities and counties and there's lots in rural places as well. So there's... Uh, uh, either a youth theatre formed or forming or in process somewhere near you, but also there are theatre groups. There's amateur theatre groups and there's theatre groups all across the country. And all those things are good opportunities to go and get involved in in standing up on a stage, up in front of people and having an opinion or working with a group of people in a collaborative effort to make a piece of art, um, which makes people feel good in doing it. And in taking part in making it happen and in sitting down in the dark and feeling the feelings of what's happening on the stage. There's um, nothing like the rush. We always used to take the kids to a Chinese restaurant after their last show. And the, the like they felt eternal. Like they just, they were just so confident. They felt like they were superheroes. They could do anything because they had like successfully pulled off their show. And that sort of level of confidence I think we need more of opportunities for kids to feel that sense of self-pride self-esteem yeah absolutely definitely and and there are lots of opportunities for people to do it and the more people take up those opportunities the more support that those groups will get so uh, support your local so youth theatre go for it and support go your local it. youth theatre yeah, yeah. and thank you for listening to another episode of Basically we'll be back with you next week with another episode as ever our music is by Only Rune our graphic design is by Kahlo Gara and we are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network see you next week
This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.